Right, here we go. Welcome to Safe House. It's season three. Um, ah, come on, season three. <laughs> Let's get sickening. <laughs> uh, in the Safe House studio today, we've got Ross Bester. Hello, babe. Hello, Hi. how are you doing? I'm doing really good, thank you. I'm, I'm just recovering from a crazy weekend, so, um, but yeah, I'm doing well. Gorge, gorge. I mean, we've just had like an hour, half an hour catch up anyway. But, Honestly, um, love it. Hello to the listeners anyway. <laughs> Before I start, I always ask everyone what the pronouns are. So he, him. I Honestly, I don't care what people call me. I, you know, I've been gorge. called worse. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I always say that. <laughs> I've been called everywhere under yeah. the sun. I'm sure I don't mind. Whatever you want to him. associate with me. <laughs> gorge. The best way for me to introduce you is probably just for you to introduce yourself. So. Yeah. Tell the listeners who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I'm Ross Bester and I'm on the first ever UK gay dating show, which is kind of iconic. It's called I Kissed a Boy and it's hosted by the legend and gay icon that is Danny Minogue. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> is that your intro? Are you sticking with it? Is that good? <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm the you little bitch. <laughs> um, so we'll get into that a little bit later on as okay. well, like in, in a lot of detail. Buy it away, bitch. <laughs> um, first of all, I wanted to start by talking about how we met because I I like to explain that the people that I have on the podcast, there's a reason why they're on. So I don't just interview anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I like to interview people that I know and that I have have like a rapport with. So I, get that. I want to ask you what your if you remember from your memory how we first met <laughs> so it would have probably oh, like early experience yeah so i think we met years ago you know i was in leicester for university and i was out on the gay scene you know as per um getting to know <laughs> the um the gays in in leicester and i think that's kind of like how we met initially like on uh-huh. the scene and Dover. that would have been Helsinki. Helsinki. Oh, come on, Helsinki. Rainbow and Dove if you're feeling bougie. <laughs> and Dover if you just want to, I don't know, you get a few cocktails and uh, spread eagle on the pool table that's in the middle. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it would have been probably, what, five, six, six maybe Possibly. seven years Don't ago. be adding any years onto oh. my age. <laughs> 28 now, like. I'm feeling like a granddad, but no, yeah. I think it was on the scene, and you were just always so nice and so lovely. And oh, don't be daft. No, you were an absolute <laughs> little bitch, and I hate you. <laughs> were you... So I, I, started, I started uni in Leicester when I was like... I think it was like 18, I want to say. 2018 is when I got there. Yeah, me too. Was it? 2018, 21. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I went to De Montfort in 2018 no no there you go no i'm only joking there was always this like running joke that uni well uni off was boring like this people were in uni off were boring you know they're sort of like interesting you know quote intelligent ones and the Montfort's kind of the crazy it's the poly creative you know that sort of side i kind of agree in some sense to be fair if you went uni off you probably wouldn't be here because De Montfort is um, creative. It's very creative. I mean, I, my degree is in fashion design, um, and I loved it. I loved university. It was amazing. Absolutely. Um, so that was that, that was the <sighs> beginning the when it we was. first met, <laughs> which leads me perfectly on to your move from Leicester. Yes. So you said you went to uni in Leicester. Where are you actually from? So I'm actually from Stoke-on-Trent originally, okay. but I have I have moved around a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I. You, if you've watched the show, which I hope you have, and if you haven't, then please binge it. I actually grew up in foster care, so I was scattered about quite a lot. But Stoke on Trent is where I was, you know, born. Mm-hmm. But I spent five, six years in Leicester, so mm-hmm. it was kind of a big part of my life, really. Yeah. And then I was in a relationship. I was in a five-year relationship whilst I was there. We unfortunately broke up, 
and that kind of triggered my move to Manchester and okay. I've been here about two years now. What made you move? I mean, I know why I moved because <laughs> it's slay as it's, hell, honestly, for lack of a better word. <laughs> I've always said, I've, it's always had my heart. You know, when I lived in Stoke, I was always in Manchester anyway because it's a half an hour train. And I always said, if I had the opportunity to live here, then I absolutely would. And yeah. when I got into that long-term relationship, I thought I was kind of set. But obviously, when we broke up, I thought, you know, this is the perfect opportunity yeah. to, to kind of spread my wings and go kind of anywhere that I want to, really. And the mm-hmm. first place that I thought of thought of it was manchester um yeah. i only knew like one or two people here really i was i didn't really know many people i think that's so all was, you need sometimes though yeah. like just because my intention was also to move here i had a couple of years left in leicester right. to do because of covid i had to move home and then my plan was to go to spain for my year abroad and right. then do leicester for another year okay. and then move here um but then i met sam so in the same way that the end of your relationship triggered you to move, the start of mine start triggered of me to move. You just can't but I always have the intention. Anything can, any, like anything can happen, and I Absolutely. think that's part of life. And it's it, that's what makes life exciting. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, a lot of people say this, but I do think a lot of things happen for a reason. Um, Fuck yeah. And I, I truly scary. stand by that. Which is scary, true. but also really exciting, yeah. depending what it is. <laughs> Obviously, so, sometimes like the best, the best things like come out of nowhere. And if you sometimes I think to myself, if I'd never done that, this, this, and this wouldn't, wouldn't have, happened. have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. If I hadn't moved to Leicester for university and stayed in Staffordshire, then we wouldn't have ever met. Probably. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's crazy. You can spiral. Honestly, things like that semi west, like when it I'm lying in bed at going. night at four a.m. That's the sort of thing I'm, I'm thinking of. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> I'm thinking like if I didn't have that for breakfast, yeah. then I would have never done this. And then I just it, it's it's too existential for if me. If I, I had left the room um, and left my apartment one minute earlier, then I wouldn't have made like I wouldn't have seen that person in the street or you know it's just yeah it's yeah pretty crazy yeah. So what's your experience of Manchester? You know what I absolutely love it. It's 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 a buzzing city. What's I, keeping I'm, you here? Um, I've just got the most amazing friendship group. I spent so long kind of fending for myself and not feeling like I truly fitted in anywhere. So the friendship group that I've got now are just so strong and I adore them so much. And that is, you know, probably the main thing that's keeping me here. Mm -hmm. And also it's just a cool city. Like the food is incredible. The vibes are immaculate. And I just feel like it's basically London in a smaller scale. I think it's more close-knit. It's so close-knit. It it's, is, and I like that. It's cosier. It's really cosy. Like, I mean, come on, Canal Street. Like, it's probably the best, if not one of the best scenes in the country, and everything's all in one area, and it's just very, um, very exciting. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> I had a conversation with um, redacted TV producer, I can't say her name, <laughs> about about Canal Street because they're basically going to film a like a. Oh yeah, I know about it. Of, yeah. Who do you know that got contacted? Uh, yeah. Uh, and else? potentially. So I got told that had, because I was the last person she came to, and obviously I wanted all the tea on everyone who, mm-hmm. who was involved. She told me the list of people that she spoke to, and I said, and she said that and somebody else had fallen out and don't like each other anymore, and she didn't realize until she interviewed both of them, and they were both talking about each other. Come on, drama already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they'll look for that. No, but in that interview, I was talking about how, like, closeness it is and how, like, I would not change the village. I can't go anywhere else. Like, my chosen family's here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I like so much about it is because I think I I went to Leicester with kind of, like, an idea of who I was and and came out of it being, like, I really don't know. Not that I didn't have a clue. I still didn't know when I left. 
but I realised that I didn't know yeah. until I got here. You know, I in Leicester, the scene is very small. There's, what, three gay clubs? And mm. I thought, you know, this is it. Like, this is buzzing and this is a vibe. And it was something that I did every weekend. And it was, and I thought that was kind of like the be-all and end-all. And then being in Manchester and creating the friends that I've got and, like, ultimately being loved by, like, so many people is mm-hmm. a feeling that I can't describe. Um, no. And that's why I feel so safe going there. Like, I know that if there was any issues that the bouncers would have my back or the bar staff would because I've yeah. created a relationship with them over the two years that I've been here. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm a nice person, like I, you know, I'm Are respectful. Ah, you? Oh, you little shady <laughs> girl. I'm like respectful, you know, to the people on the scene. And I think that's reciprocated back 100%. Yeah. Um, so I did want to get onto, and I hope my memory serves me well here, because <laughs> if not, I'm going to piss myself. <laughs> but because obviously this podcast is about creatives, mm-hmm. am I right in thinking you used to own your own business? I did, yes. Did you used to make pillows? I did. Yeah. I am so glad I've remembered <laughs> that right. This is the information, that, the insider information that I have. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you go from <laughs> you go from having your own business, yeah. making interior design, yep. like soft furnishing. What's the word? Soft furnishing, yeah, that's the word cushions. looking for. How does one go from that to where you are now, which is... Yeah, I'm a support worker now, which is obviously complete opposite ends of the scale. So, you know, at De Montfort, I did fashion design. And then when I left De Montfort, I got a job immediately at Next. And I was mm-hmm. a children's wear designer, mm-hmm. which was amazing. So I did the graduate scheme there for 12 months. Then once I left Next, I then designed for like Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and did kind of all... Snaps to um, that. You know, stuff for them, which was... It was fun in terms of the product, but the actual job I hated Uh, but whilst I was at Next I actually started my business and it just was a hobby initially I wanted to I knew how to sew obviously because I do fashion but yeah I wanted to wanted to sew and I wanted a cushion for the apartment that I lived in there's nothing in the shops that I like so I just made one I posted a picture online and the rest is history really so I had the business for about three, four years whilst I was in Leicester and I had a warehouse and I had a team of loads of people and you know it, it was buzzing and it was it got you know really really big I was on the news and a lot of celebrities and influencers ended up you know having my products which was amazing but obviously my whole life was in Leicester my partner was there my apartment was there just my whole life was there so when we broke up it was a um it was very difficult because I I, I literally lost everything like everything mm-hmm. Um, I, I had nothing I couldn't continue well that's how it feels yeah sometimes and I, I've been through the exact same thing yeah you kind of integrate their life into yours and, yeah, so that when it, when they're removed it kind of like rips parts of it out but yeah. when you think about it you build foundations for yourself mm-hmm. and I think what you built for yourself whether it was connected to a person or not Mm -hmm. has set you up for being here yeah i I agree and you know i was you know i was a ceo director i I was everything at the age of 23 which is so young and i was you know i had these 50 year old women who i I was hiring and i was paying the mortgage and you know there was all these things that were going on it was it was a lot and when my you know relationship broke down i couldn't carry that over to manchester it just wasn't possible um because of the scale that it was on in leicester um, but no one can so, take like the experience that you got away y- from you in any way no i mean the experience was amazing and it's something that i'll kind of cherish forever and i'll always be very grateful to everyone that was like involved in my life in that period of time mm-hmm. it's just so devastating because obviously that the business was my child and yeah i wasn't able to keep it up even though I thought that I could yeah. I had to protect myself and my mental health because it was just completely deteriorated like really really bad and what 
nobody knows apart from my very very close friends because it, this is very personal to me mm-hmm. but which i'll tell you <laughs> you yeah, guys absolutely um, absolutely you know a lot of people look at my life now in manchester and be like you know you've got so many friends and you you know you're you're doing great and you're out all the time and blah 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 and it, it's true to some extent but when i moved to manchester in july i was actually homeless for three months like i slept in my car <laughs> and i slept rough mm-hmm. and i was sofa surfing I was literally on Grinder, just asking people if I could have a bed because I I hadn't didn't have anywhere to live. Yeah. So I, my relationship broke up in the July, and I didn't get my first apartment until September. Wow. So it was rough. Yeah. Um, and that kind of really was a, the lowest one of the lowest points in my life. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm I want people to know that it isn't just all like hunky dory, and I've got this great mm-hmm. fab life when you know I've, I've worked really really hard to try and build up what I've got. Mm-hmm. now if that makes sense <laughs> no absolutely sorry to be sorry to be depressing <laughs> no 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 absolutely this is this is what the safe house is for yeah. above, above anything else yeah because this is it's important to talk about stuff like this yeah because people can think a certain way about someone and you'll comment share whatever about mm-hmm. people but realistically you don't know anything about anyone that's anything. the takeaway is that you just don't know what's happening it's so true and i, I feel like especially now with you know the show being out and stuff i mm-hmm. a lot of people have got opinions of me just kind of like in general of what they're seeing mm-hmm. like on tv so i think it's important just to let people know that there's a lot more to what you see and sometimes you just just ask i'm a very open book i'm mm-hmm. i'm i remember the producers being like rush is such an oversharer and we love it because you're just on it like you just talk and talk and talk <laughs> and that's why she gets the screen like, time oh that's why i'm in the drama and that's why i'm crying and that's why i'm laughing my head off and saying all these crazy things it's because i'm not afraid to talk and i'm not afraid to kind of open up and be emotional i think it's quite a brave thing to do mm-hmm yeah gorge absolutely and look at where you are now like <laughs> like no one no one's taking that away from you yeah so um before we move on and talk about the show yes. because we're getting there obviously you said that you did fashion design at uni yes and i think looking at you and looking at your specifically your social media but mm-hmm. you day to day fashion is clearly a big part of your life and it's a big part of kind of where you've come from mm-hmm. how you got there where you are now i want to know first of all what got you into it and what got you into being interested in, in like fashion and having an eye for that kind of thing yeah and also like what your influences are either early on or now you know what for me i i remember being in nursery and i literally remember being in nursery in primary school and being a good drawer and a good mm-hmm. person who was like my handwriting was amazing she's and gay and I'm like, they they knew that she was going to be a creative girl. Like, She's they like cursive from the age of two. <laughs> I, I went straight from the pencil to the biro immediately. <laughs> that was never me. You know, I the red pen with the yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I've always known that, like, just I was going to be an artist in some sort of form from uh-huh. from the get go. It just was drilled into my head, and you know, I, I spent hours and hours and hours coloring and drawing and being creative when, when I was in foster care because it was kind of like my escape. It was something that I, I went into another world to kind of escape the reality that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I, I understood that from a very early age. So I think from that, it kind of led me to do art and design and graphics and drama and stuff like that at, at school and, and college. And then whilst I was at college, I then was able to specialize in a subject and I just fell in love with fashion and mm-hmm. I was so interested in what people wore and why they wore it. And also being able to sew was something that I, I didn't know how to do it obviously initially. And it was just, I'm one of those people that 
I want to be able to do everything. So I knew that yeah. I could draw. I knew that I could paint. I knew that I could color in between the lines. You know, all those things. I mean, the next step is being a drag queen. You're, <laughs> des- you're describing the ascent such an into ugly drag, queen, to be honest. I, I would be such an ugly drag queen. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to put that in people's faces. <laughs> Listen, if I was going to do it, and the offer is there, the beard would have to go. The beard would have, absolutely not. I'd look like a three-year-old. Um, it's giving baby drag. <laughs> and you just said you were scared of being a, like a granddad at 28, so get the beard gone and I'll put honestly, you in drag. Honestly, I think don't think I'd ever pull in my whole entire life if the beard went. <laughs> my love life would be completely over forever. Oh, don't um, you No, I d- so from that, I was able to specialise in fashion at college. Uh-huh. Um, I did that for three years and then ultimately got into De Montfort and got a first class degree. I managed to show my collection at Graduate Fashion Week in London. Mm-hmm. And I was scouted by, you know, multiple companies, Urban Outfitters, Next, Gap in in New York. And then went with it, really. I just I just love being hands-on, being, yeah. you know, so being behind a sewing machine and pattern cutting and cutting fabrics out was just something that I really, really enjoyed. Was that a big part of your business? Like you said that obviously yeah. it was your... Yeah, it was bespoke. Yeah. How hands-on were you in that? Oh, fully. I did everything. You were like, um, bitch, 40-year-old woman, move out yeah, the way I'm so I, 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 literally, I wasn't <laughs> You're able not doing to, it right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't able to um, have staff members up to a certain point, um, you know, mm-hmm. because it's expensive, but I, I did everything myself, everything by hand. It was all bespoke and handmade for, for the customers, mm-hmm. which I just absolutely loved. And it's it was just so creative. And, and the part of me really, really misses it you know, because I don't do that anymore. But it was very difficult. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. If I'm honest. Very impressive. I've done it. She's a she She's a she Oh, God. <laughs> Am I going to tattooed on me? That. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any more of that. <laughs> the fashion took you in the... Right now, the kind of... Not to mention love island but everyone compares i kissed a boy to love island because yep. that's the only thing the only reference that we have yeah but everyone who comes out of that kind of hits that like influencer mm-hmm. status mm-hmm. for me i feel like you've always had that energy anyway <laughs> the, regardless of how many followers you've had or how, how many people know who you are yeah. i feel like you've always had that energy do you know what i don't mean to sound cringe when i say this but i i she loves I, to influence i agree uh-huh. i've I've yeah. always been somebody that has been fairly popular, but in the sense like I've gone out my way to make myself be in situations where I feel comfortable, where I feel safe, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've got a really good energy. So I think it's your confidence, it, like yeah, people, people seem to be drawn to me. And if yeah. you are, then amazing. And if you're not, then that's fine as well. But I just, I think I've one hundred percent have manifested being somebody because you know being told growing up like you're never going to make anything of yourself you're a waste of space you're going to end up you know on the streets you're going to end up i mean i was technically for three months <laughs> but you know what i mean so i've always had that draw in my head and mm-hmm. have made sure that i wasn't going to be that person which is why i've you know maybe got to the point that i am now and you know actually getting on reality tv i remember applying for like big brother when i was 18 and i got through a few stages there and and i just I was just she's so been interested. gearing up gearing, gearing up, up for this getting one ready for it getting ready for the this moment i think this one's probably the i think you waited for the right one i agree or time has the universe has made you wait for the right one i agree i think that's um the perfect way to put it really Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so proud of it. It's it's you know literally making history. Like absolutely, not a lot of people can say that. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, well we may as well get into it then because Let's we're, go. We're, we're gearing up. We're gearing up, <laughs> and we're here. I kissed a boy. Mm-hmm. BBC Three. 
BBC iPlayer. It's, it's in the watershed. It's all the way it's, into the watershed. You know what? It's everywhere. <laughs> it was that shower scene. That was the problem. Oh, come on. Um, tell me how it came about. Let's start out at the beginning. Yes. Where did that you know, come from? A lot of people find it so interesting. That... It's the behind the scenes for me yeah. that I... Like, the you show want, itself... The tea and the gossip. The show itself can get to... Fuck, I'm not... <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm only joking. <laughs> but the behind the scenes is so interesting because I... Pers- if you've never been on a TV show, which I've not, mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's like, but a few of my friends have including yourself have mm. been on tv shows so i just pick the brains about what's going on behind the scenes it's so interesting i remember I, i've always been so fascinated by reality tv how, uh-huh. how it works how it's made where it's made how it's done is it scripted is it not like it's it is and fascinating. i want to get into that <laughs> we'll get into that it is fascinating so i can see the i can see why people want to know so much so for me you know i was single and actually a couple of my friendship group got a message from a casting agent on instagram being like hey there's this new show that's going to be coming out we would like you to apply potentially we think you might be good for it i was thinking fuck's sake why haven't i got that message i think i may have had the message have you got the me- oh, you- oh. <laughs> but I've, i'm in a two-year relationship so i, I mean it wasn't given i get like I must say it must be at least one a month. Yeah, I, it's me too. agent for a gay dating show because everyone's trying to make one. But there was there was quite a few that had messaged me previously, like from other channels, and I just wasn't really feeling it. And you know, like dressed to impress and first dates or dinner date and that, that sort exactly. of thing. Um, it just it's not something that I would want to do. Not that it's anything bad, but I just. But I was like, oh, that's weird. I haven't got that message, and I usually do. So I was like, okay, so I'm gonna look look into it myself. I went online and I saw a link for it. And obviously, there's, they don't put out much information at all. It's literally it's gay dating like show, post no Dan- Danny it. Minogue. Uh, that is literally it. Send your application in. So Danny Minogue was in, she was like set in stone from the beginning. You all knew that was She happening. was, but the thing is, a lot of people thought that it was fake. And okay. thought that it wasn't real because there's no information. And they don't usually release that they information. They don't release, like, no. And I'm thinking, Danny Minogue, like, it just, and gay dating show, like, it's not talked about. It's not a thing. So yeah, I was a bit skeptical, but I thought I've got nothing to lose. I went online, I sent in a really cringy two-minute video (laughs) and filled out a really long application form. And the next morning, literally the next morning, I got a phone call at 9am saying, hey, we've received your application and can we do a phone interview? And I was like, oh my God. I was like, fuck. Absolutely, I'm free all day. (laughs) I've just woke up, but give me five minutes and I'll, I'll be there. That was the start of my um, audition mm-hmm. journey. With regards to, because obviously you've done brand deals before mm-hmm. and you've obviously, you mentioned that you've had contact with other channels or channels have tried to contact you before. Yep. Do you have like a screening process or like do you, how do you vet those things? Why, why was this one a yes? It was just so different. It's something that I'd never seen before. I've watched first dates, I've watched dinner date, I've watched Dress to Impress and it's just kind of same old for me. Okay. And the description that they did put out was so unique. And I thought, wait a minute, this if this is real, then this could be a massive slay for like the gay community. Absolutely. Like, f- for sure. But I, I, I didn't get my hopes up. I wasn't going in thinking, yeah, like, I'm going to be on this show. Like, this is, of course, they're going to cast me. Like, look at me. It was nothing like that. I just was fully myself throughout the whole process. And I mean, obviously, eventually I got cast, which is amazing. But I didn't go in with any expectations because if you do and you don't get on, then you get let down. So absolutely, if you don't go on with anything that that you do get is is a, a positive. Mm-hmm. A bit of a I don't know if you know I don't know if you know the answer to this question or not, but just you know just for my brain just mm-hmm. to feed my brain for shows such as Drag Race things like that they have reserves. Yeah, did they have reserves? Did they have anyone that they had? 
<laughs> I'm being a bitch, but I just have to ask. Was there anyone that you know of that was kind of like, by the time this comes out, the whole show is, is being and gone go. yeah. and reunion already gone as well. Do you know anyone that was waiting to come in, into the show that just didn't make it? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to tell me? And that is the tea. I do. I know. Um, I know two people, and you probably know them as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Go um, on, I can bleep it out. Yes. And the one who's dating. Yeah. Dead. And oh, I don't know how they would have. How they would have. Um... Well, they broke up because of it. That's the tea. No. Do what you want with that. Maybe don't put that in. Because <laughs> <laughs> told me that. Um, yeah. Getting cut right out. <laughs> wanted to go on the TV show and. Was like, well, if you're going to do it, then we're not going to be together, basically. Well, no, because it's a dating show, so obviously exactly. Not. And then didn't even make the cut. Got cast, got flown out to Italy, was in the same hotel as me. But I didn't know at the time, but what I found out later. Uh-huh. And was a reserve, didn't, That's then just so got flown funny. back to the UK. I would be fuming. And do you I get paid for that? No, absolutely not. They pay for all your flights and everything, but they don't pay for anything else. And the other person is, which is massive in the gay community. Yes. Uh, all the- incredible, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so funny. Oh, I would have liked that because then I would have known someone because I, I kind yeah. of knew of... Uh, Gareth. Gareth. Yeah. I knew of Gareth, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anybody I feel like else. he's very well-known in like, the London scene and the fashion scene. Yeah, um, I think that's what it was. It was like the queer. Yeah. He's, he's friends with um, a few of the drag queens down there. Yeah, so. absolutely. Okay, so some people didn't make it. Yes. Great question from me off the cuff. It was <laughs> not in my notes, but I had yeah. to find out. There was, a, there was a couple... I remember being on Instagram and... This guy's reel came up, and I was like, "You look like oh you're my here." God, that is, that is, you're in this, you're in the hotel. So I messaged him and I said, "Are you in Italy?" On grinder. Oh yeah, I'm grinder. <laughs> no, do you want to know some tea? I remember the BBC telling us that no grinder allowed. Obviously, no dating apps or anything allowed because you, it's obvious who is yeah. going to be in the show. But they have a way of checking and finding out if you've got grinder <gasps> on your phone. I don't know if it's some special like machine or a bot or. And can they do something. that? Are they allowed to do that? I'm not sure. I don't know if it's given, you know, GDPR, but <laughs> I'm not um, sure. But I remember that. I mean, I've just been a scary tactic from, to make us delete it's it. It's like but... when they tell you that you need a TV license and they're like, we know you're not. Yeah, and you're no, like, you're okay. Yeah, cap. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. Um, he, he didn't get on, right. whoever he was. But um, there was probably a couple more as well. Mm-hmm. And do you know, at what point do you know that you're going in the original, not the original cast, but the you're OGs. going in on the first day? Yeah, yeah, so how it worked was I was in hiding slash hibernation, yeah. uh, isolation, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. And I was... Do you know one... pre-getting to Italy or not? You don't know anything. Before you go. They tell you, even when you're cast and you get the course and you're going to be on the show, they also say, just to let you know, you can be flown out and you might not make the show. It, it all depends on connections, matches. Um, and how the oh, shows wow. run because anything could happen because it is a reality show. And I was wondering as well, because because on that, there's a limited amount of people that they can take there. Mm-hmm. So are they matching people before they get there? Yeah, are they casting four matches? Yeah, the, the whole matching process. Because if so, they need to fire the cast. <laughs> the cast I mean, I, I mean, in terms of the details, I don't know too much, but the, the process of matching people up, they had a whole team, like a matching team that, that did all of that. Somebody's um, getting fired. So somebody's probably getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. They just said, you know, you are, you have been cast for the show, but uh-huh. there is a chance that you might not get on. So I remember when I got my flight details, I was actually on the last flight out to Italy. So immediately I was like, I'm not going to be one of the OG boys because right. I'm going to be the last one to finish my isolation. But by then they would have already started filming. So I kind of put two and two together. Okay. And I was kind of deflated because I was like, oh, I want to be an OG boy. That's yeah. so cool. So when I was there, I've literally got videos on my Snapchat of me crying in the bath 
bathed up to like white fly by dido like so dramatic <laughs> come on ross you're showing um, your age there girl. i'll show you that <laughs> and um one day i get a knock at the door oh bear in mind we're only allowed outside the hotel room for one hour with a chaperone it's very it's it's given military operation yeah that you are you're in and you're out sort of thing uh-huh. i remember getting a knock on the door from my chaperone and she's like we need a word and i was like well, I was like, I felt sick immediately. You've been using Grindr. She's like, you've been on Grindr. <laughs> Give me your phone now. <laughs> she's like, I've seen you've been bumming other boy. <laughs> um, she's like, you know, you might want to sit down. So we, I remember we sat on the balcony and she said, um, I'm sorry to tell you this. And I said, babe, it's fine. Like I said, it's Just fine. Just tell me who's dead and get on with I it. I was like, honestly, like Life. I get it. I knew it. I said, I knew that was going to be, you know, a reserve, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, babe, you're going in in like two days. And I was like, what? Oh my god! She's like, get your stuff ready, get your fake tan on, get your outfit sorted, babe. Pack your bags because you're going in. You're going to be an OG boy. And I remember, cry. I literally was crying my eyes out. Sick. Like I was just so overwhelmed with emotion, and I th- it goes back to not expecting anything. So mm-hmm. when I got that news that I was going to be an OG, one of the OG ten you boys, zero, I, I went from zero to, to a thousand. Like, yeah, yeah. Immediately. Um. So it was very overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, and the hotel was gorgeous. It was stunning. From what uh, I did see of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. I, that, I could honestly pick your brains about the backstage of it. Of, honestly, like, forever. There's, so much, there's so much that goes into it. It's insane. Literally. Reality TV, it's very, very similar. From what you hear from like the Love Island people and anyone that's been on similar sort of shows. I know the person that went on Big Brother, mm-hmm. you, you have your own personal chaperone that kind of yeah. keeps you in check and keeps you... What was yours um, called with the Italian? She's called Jemima. Oh. And she, honestly, I... Shout out to Jemima, by the way. I hope you're listening. Jemima, if you're listening, we love you, girl. Love you, hon. Miss you. <laughs> okay, so the show, eight episodes long, mm-hmm. plus a reunion. Plus a reunion. Nine. The bombshell. I think I read online, or you might have told me, I'm not, I'm not too sure, or I can't remember where I've seen this. Uh, an episode is two days. Is that right? Um, there or thereabouts? Kind of... Um, depended on what they wanted to film um okay. and if there was any new boys coming in if there was a kiss off um if there was any drama if there wasn't any kind of content to get at all they would just um, drag it out like two or three days <laughs> kind of put into like a 45 minute okay um episode really that's kind of like how it worked so me doing my maths in my head mm-hmm. that's really not that long no so but let me tell you this one obviously we have no phone yeah there's no clocks. You've got mm-hmm. no concept of time. You're not allowed to know what time it is. Oh, you're not allowed to know these what guys day are it is. Not being able to read the sun. I know. <laughs> She's like, Honestly, we were sat on the deck chair. Like, right, the sun's there, there, there. Let's put our fingers in the air and try and find the wind pressure. <laughs> like, honestly, the things you do and take time away from your life. It is the most insane feeling. And we didn't know what day it was. We didn't know what time it was. Uh, we were just on a flowing production, mm-hmm. and we were just told to do or be there or kind of you know, at, at a certain period, but that could have been at any point. We were, we were none not the wiser. Much, like, with regards to, like, Love Island, we have to, I have to compare it. I don't know if it's really annoying mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, compare it, yeah. Because it's every single day. Yeah. I feel like it feels more real. So when I, when I watch, obviously it is real. Mm-hmm. I Kiss the Boy is real. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of the most relatable things I've ever watched. Yeah. So I know that it's real. But I think with, the thing with Love Island is it feels more like reality TV because there's a lot more like they're just lying around yeah and, like this is very they, quick and it is very quick yeah. so what did you have what i think my, what my question is is that how much of the everyday stuff is cut out of the show how much are you just oh, like lying around how much time is spent like not arguing 
about <laughs> each other's boyfriends. You know what? What I will say is, it is real. It is. Mm-hmm. It's not scripted in any sense. I wouldn't be able to remember the script anyway. Fucking hell, are you kidding me? <laughs> You'd be going, put up some cue cards behind and I'll not. read them. I'd be like, get me a, an auto cue. Like, no, uh-huh. it's not It's not scripted. And it's one of the questions I get asked all the time. Um, but in terms of... For like, the record, I did not ask that question. I know you did. <laughs> but everyone else asked Deletes me. So it from fine. my notes really quick. <laughs> no, it, it's... The day-to-day situation is, obviously, it's 24-7. You're, mm-hmm. you're mic'd up. Even when you're on bed... Your, there's microphones on the headboard, um, a bit of behind the scenes. Yeah, there's there's microphones on the headboard, so you cannot do anything or be anywhere without being seen or heard. Uh-huh. Like, I was literally having a poo, and they hear everything. Like, it's that personal. Who's got that footage? Honestly, the BBC <laughs> needs to keep that in, in the, you know, because that Italian food was, wasn't it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and do you forget the cameras are there? Like, how... Because, how, yeah. obviously, they're always filming. Mm-hmm. Are you constantly aware that you're being filmed, or how many... How long into the filming does it just completely switch off and you forget so how it works is i mean you, you'll see it when you're watching the show there's like mm-hmm. loads of tiny cameras that are kind of strapped to the ceiling yeah. or they're kind of you know on stands in the bushes and that sort of thing just to get like all the views but when there was more say like the kiss off which is obviously really dramatic and danny's there or more so when danny mm-hmm. was around the cameras were, were were handheld and literally people there with these humongous cameras um, like so big boom mics it following was obvious around. that you were being filmed and boom oh. mics and you know lighting more than you can imagine but in terms of everyday living and conversations it was just the ones that were kind of set up in in the masseria so you do forget that you're being filmed and yeah. that's why there's so many conversations that are you know very just raw and that's why emotions are so raw as well and arguments happen and drama and you know laughter and everything because you just me personally i was 100 percent myself even knowing the cameras were there or not because i knew that anybody who knew me back home would be like ross what? wouldn't do that ross yeah. wouldn't say that and i that's not me so even though i was aware sometimes it didn't bother me you, you do easily forget and mm-hmm. that's why if you've seen the douching scene Oh, I mean, it's I educational, but it's funny. This is exactly what I said to Sam, is that <laughs> it, it was informative. It was informative. And listen, if you've got like, I don't know, if there's a, a kid who's like 18, I know so many people mm-hmm. who either never used to douche, mm-hmm. didn't know until they came into an embarrassing situation, yeah. or they didn't even know what douching was. Yeah. Like, I personally didn't bottom, like, by choice yeah. until I was with my current partner. Yeah. I'm like, what was I, 21, 22? Yeah. And it's... the main reason why I didn't is because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So mm-hmm. I thought that was great. So you if that was off I... the cuff, then it's, props it, to you. It was so, you know, it, what, this is what I mean. It's, it wasn't planned. It wasn't scripted. It wasn't like, right, you boys go sit in the bedroom and talk about this shit. That did not I happen. I bet you said so many things that so, never got aired. You know, <laughs> 45 minutes, but actually 45 minutes is what, 48 hours plus? Like, that's insane. You know, look at your day-to-day life and the conversations you have. So a lot is cut out and it's and they have to make a story and they have to make it make sense to the viewer. So what you see is obviously a, a, a story and a very, very small part of what we actually were living through kind of day-to-day mm-hmm. with each other. Do you think there's a predetermined plot line or do you think there's a predetermined like idea of the couples that they want to go all the way through? Can you answer that question? Um, or? You know what? Anything can happen. I think, obviously, in their head, they would love, you know, couples to stay together. Um, but there's no way that they. Th- but there's no way that they could force me that. that they want every single couple to be- stay together all the way. Through. No, I'm. I mean, I remember 
you know, been in there for like a while and it was just obvious that matches or a match maybe was put together for the, an entertainment value. So, and it was right. obvious and I can say this, for example, look at Josh and Bobsky. Josh went in saying he wanted somebody more laddie, somebody sporty, you know, was not really into sort of, you know, the, the feminine mm-hmm. gaze, which each to their own. You, if that's Absolutely. not what you want, then, you know, roll with it. And obviously they matched him with Bobsky, who's, you know, this Essex, flamboyant, very mm. confident, blonde, Still blonde sporty, hair. so I feel like they, they kind of justified exactly. it with, with the one note. The, the one thing that he had, and, you know, it was it was great entertainment, it was great mm. TV, they, you know, it I'm, was I was so line. sad to see Bobsky go so I early. Bobsky. He I, was, I so feel like you, spe- you will have spent a lot longer with Bobsky than, yeah. than we saw on telly, because... Yeah. It felt like he came and then went really quick. Yeah, he was the first one out and it it felt like it was very, very quick because it was kind of the the build-up of getting in your matches and you're being in a reality show and, you know, and before you know it, it was the first kiss-off and he'd gone. Because I think he had good crack and, like, there's a few people in there that were saying, or from what I've seen, obviously I'm saying as if I was there, there's a few people that have mentioned that they maybe kind of, they weigh attitude and behavior and kind of um like if someone's got good chat over mm-hmm. what they look like mm-hmm. which absolutely i it, someone's personality for yeah. me it makes them a thousand times more attractive I agree. if they're attractive as well like my partner is fucking amazing gorgeous yeah double whammy yeah but like i think obviously he would have done really well yeah a little bit later on do you know what i think it would have been amazing i think looking back and maybe if they had if they do have a second season fingers crossed i think with the conversations that people are having online about Bobski, like Justice Bobski, they yeah. should have brought him back as another bombshell and yeah. give him another chance. Absolutely. I think that would have made amazing was, TV. Maybe the the note there is to make it similar to Love Island and yeah. have it be live. Yeah. Because absolutely. I know, I know like there's not as high a population of people that would probably watch it as mm-hmm. Love Island because it, Love Island is so huge, basic yeah. that it, um, it appeals to the masses. Yeah. But... I think it would be amazing. It would. And so many people have said, like, eight episodes is way too short, and I agree. I let, think... Let the audience vote people out. Let the... Ooh, I think I that would have been gone immediately. That wouldn't, wouldn't well. have lasted very long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we won't go there. Honestly. I um, I think, yeah, I think there should be more episodes. And they uh, they could have done that, but obviously it's commissioned, yeah. and it's only commissioned for a certain amount. I think... Mm. And obviously, because it's the first one, they they're not going to know. And now it's kind of like know. a pilot, and it's very, very well done for its first mm-hmm. its first run. Yeah. So, and you're an OG. So I'm an OG when they bitch. bring you back for All Stars, you honestly, <laughs> if I am not in a relationship, I will be there, Kevin Square. <laughs> Can I you will, imagine? And I wouldn't mind being a bombshell. Like I will yeah. go in and tear that place. Up. <laughs> that fiery yeah, redhead here is the here. Drama. Here Let's comes go. the drama. <laughs> Do you know what? If they ever do anything like that, you know you've got the screen time oh. because do you know what? the cameras I, loved you. You know, people say, oh, you know, there's a few trolls online that are saying, oh, you know, you just went on there for screen time, blah, blah, blah. No, I didn't go on there for screen time. I just got the screen time because I was interested in and... And you were yourself. And I was myself. And the producers obviously have put that in the show because it was interesting. <laughs> they want people to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some people that were more like tamed back you know and didn't really say too much or were just kind of maybe just kind of overwhelmed of what the situation was yeah to be fair um you know walking in it's like oh my god like this is this the 70, is it now the 70 cameras on me yeah and just kind of were a bit like whoa what do i do but mm. um 
that just wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Just wasn't me. Um, I think that showed as well. You seemed really comfortable, so. Yeah, and I was comfortable. I've been in front of the camera before, and I just thought, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm not going to waste it. No. And I'm not going to kind of let this opportunity pass. You know, I, I could potentially find somebody that I could be in love with here, and which mm-hmm. for me was insane. That feeling, potentially having someone that I could be with for the rest of my life was um, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to hear that. I didn't even think to ask. I didn't even think to ask because I, I, I know you wouldn't go with false pretenses. Mm-hmm. But the question of like whether or not you actually went in to find yeah. love, which you've just answered, I, which I, is I really yes. did. I, you know, I'd, I was in a five-year relationship. I'd I'd come out of it and I was single, and you know, grinder and the dating apps weren't working for me. Being out and about wasn't really working for me. I just feel like people just wanted to sleep with me and be done. Yeah. Um. So that kind of intimate connection I was just missing. And I'm, I'm like a cuddler and I'm a lover and I love sitting on the couch. You know, I always TV, say to Sam, like, whenever I see you in the village, you always give such strong and like I do. strong embraces. I just want to hold people like close <laughs> because you don't know what someone's been through that day. This, yeah. this is my, this is kind of like my motto is, and this is very me. I, you know, I am this kind of confident person who is, especially in the village, you know, people, you know, know who I am and... I'm loud and I'm funny and joking and people run up to me and I run up to them and we hug and bar. But I could have literally been in the worst state an hour previously. And those other people could have as well. Mm-hmm. Just because you're in that moment of presenting confidence doesn't mean that you're not suffering. Yeah. So for me, giving somebody a hug is is a really good way of showing my affection. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I will continue to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lovely message. I love it. But I, I don't ex- I expect it from you. So yeah. like, that's why you do the job you do as well. Yeah. I, you, know, I, you know, I look after adults with autism and Down syndrome. So it's it kind of goes hand in hand mm-hmm. um, with my character and who yeah. I am. Um, whatever you might think of the show and whatever. But I am a, I am a nice guy. I know that I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't let those horrible trolls tell you oh, anything no. else. You know what? The keyboard warriors say it to my face. <laughs> Justice for Ross. Justice for Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move away from because we are closing in on, on the episode mm-hmm. I wanted to ask what the situation is with the cast members after filming the show is finished mm-hmm. you filmed you wrapped mm-hmm. I think you said it was months ago now yeah months um, ago do you still talk do you have a group chat is everyone still friends so when we left the show we there was a group chat that was made the Arcaster Boy boys and everyone was in it everyone was in it in terms of cast members so there were 16 of us on the show 16 of us in the group chat Mm -hmm. and it's a group chat that we talk in every single day we might just be like pictures or updates or you know literally anything we just can chat shit but then from that we also created our own friendships within within the masseria and with the boys so i'm in kind of like three separate ones with different like people i bet you are. um you know to get the tea and the gossip <laughs> you know as you've seen not all of us got on not all of us saw eye to eye and that's just life how i'll describe it is you know when you're at school you're 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 with that person more than you with your family and you you know you were 30 people and you're with them every day, but it doesn't mean you're going to like all of them just because you're with them every day. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing. Um, you know, you see behaviours and you see situations that happen that you don't agree with. You're just different people. We're, we're 16 gays who all have very different lives, so we're not all going to, you know, see eye to eye. And that's absolutely fine. But obviously, in a TV show environment, it's heightened, it's pressure, it's intense, you're hot, you're thirsty, you're tired. Very uh, thirsty. You're very thirsty in every way. 
especially when the new boys come in, it's like, oh, who is that? Absolutely. Um, you, She's you just squinting in oh, the sun, going like this. Who's the fuck's who that? Wearing me contact lenses. Literally, <laughs> I couldn't see a thing. You know, the master. Right, honestly, the master is completely white. So when the sun was, and when they're bringing in all these white gays, you can't see it? them against the wall. I was translucent. <laughs> I was the whitest one on there. I was honestly, it's giving translucent. It's giving Casper the ghost. Um, Bless your heart. So I just, it, yeah, it was very, very bright. Um, so if you see me squinting for ninety-five percent of the show, then that's why. That's why. Because <laughs> I couldn't see why. a thing, and my eyes are really sore. <laughs> one thing, oh, I'm gonna giggle at, my, at this transition. One thing you couldn't miss, Miss Danny Minogue mm-hmm. in those outfits. Oh what was it like? What was it Do like? You know what? The first time she being came around her, being but, around the Queen. I, I, honestly, I, it, literally, this is how I was like. Lots I was speechless. <laughs> like the first time she came up, I was like, she looks like a hologram. Like oh, she, surreal. what you see on surreal. TV, imagine like ten times better in real life. She's mm-hmm. just a goddess, and I'm not saying that because you know to bigger up because of the show. She 100% is the nicest and sweetest woman. She took really good care of us on and off camera. You know, she came on and she she had lines that she had to say. Obviously, it's a TV mm-hmm. show, but once she stopped her filming, or she'd have one-to-one conversations with us. You know, mm-hmm. you know, come here, like, how you doing? Like, you know, I've been watching you. And her telling you, she's oh, tell me what day it is, Danny, because I don't have a clue. <laughs> no, so what's going on in the outside world? Has COVID started again? I know. Yeah. What, <laughs> what do we not know? Give us some tea. No, she, the outfits were incredible, oh, and yeah. we, the boys would guess what colour outfit she would wear, like for the next time we saw her. Do you know what would have been calm if she started with red and went and through we did all the, the rainbow colours? Well, this is what we thought she was going to do, and she didn't. But season two, Danny, let's go. Yeah, come on, rainbow. I mean, she did work her way through quite a few of the colours. She to be did, fair. not so in then. order, but she <laughs> m- did most of the colours. I, yeah. I agree. Very calm. No, Very she's, calm. she's amazing, sweetheart. So to the answer to my next question might have been might be Danny Minogue, but to kind of wrap up. If you were going to say, this is the moment that I remember the most, this is my most favourite memory, mm-hmm. what what was the best thing? The highlight, that's what I was going for. The highlight. What was the highlight? I'll give you a couple of highlights because I feel like this is very important. I mm-hmm. I remember when I got cast for the show, you don't know anyone else who's been cast, you, you know, you're heading away and you're all kept separated. I remember feeling really, really anxious and I think that's why I was getting upset and I was freaking out because I don't look at myself as somebody who is like stunning or like I don't go to the gym I'm just what you see is what you get and I remember freaking out thinking I'm just gonna walk in it's just gonna be a load of like clap of gays who are like ripped and like muscles and tanned and just kind of like this next level kind of Love Island style but in the gay world let's say so I was really really anxious and I remember when I walked in and walked up and I saw the boys that were there I I immediately felt at ease and I kind of wanted to I got a bit emotional because I thought this is it. This mm-hmm. is the gay community. This it's different skin tones. It's different heights. It's different body shapes. And I, immediately, I felt comfortable mm-hmm. um, because I'd built up this idea in my head that it was just going to be people who <laughs> like just didn't look anything like me. And I felt like uh-huh. I was going to be like a proper outcast. So to me, that was that was a massive highlight initially. And then, of course, like seeing Danny was just uh-huh. an immense moment. She is an ally in the community and you know she's done so much and i think seeing her and her actually being so nice i think um, you could tell she cared like she cared so much and she still cares when we were watching she she's not just there to be a host like you can tell that she like even like when the people get walked out of the out of the masseria and she links them and they're walking away and you know she's taking them into a tent and having like a conversation with them after she did when the boys left they actually had like a cocktail together and they were chatting for however long Mm-hmm. Um, she it wasn't just like we're filming a walkout scene and the boys go and Danny goes. Mm-hmm. She spent time with them. Um, That's really she, sweet. They had drinks. They talked. They laughed. 
whatever and then they went and she really cares t- to this day like she'll comment and she'll dm me and she just to make sure that we're all okay so tell she's, her to tell her sister i love the new single honestly <laughs> i will do that it's so weird that i could tell danny minogue to tell her sister that and she will see that that's so that's literally so weird. Oh just do God. it tell wow. her to put on me Padam padam me. Literally. Let's go. Yeah, so seeing Danny kind of walking in and realizing that the cast was actually very diverse because it was kind of slated beforehand, saying that it was going to be, you know, it's not going to represent anybody really in the gay community apart from one type. And I Mm. feel like they represented a lot of people. Season two, they can absolutely bring more types of people in. I agree. But it's a stepping stone. It's the BBC. Like, a gay television show on the bbc is iconic it's any, insane any of them any literally any every time they add a show that's got gay people involved mm-hmm. that are at the center of it that mm-hmm. are promoting gay storylines any show like that is it's amazing bbc is going in the right um, direction they're going in the right direction and i think it's it's about time it's fucking 2023 come on mm-hmm. so it's a stepping stone so i really hope it gets commissioned for another season and they you know involved a lot more of the community because i think that's that would be incredible Absolutely, and I'm all for that. <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's everything. That's the, we've, we've wraps up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any final like words for the listeners? Um, final words for listeners: If you haven't seen it, well, I hope you have. But if you haven't seen it, please go and watch it. It's 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 not what you think it is. A lot of people think it's just going to be this one big gay orgy, and it really isn't. It's a lot. Which of it our... is, but it's so much more. It's so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were only doing stuff like every five minutes. No, it's it's a lot about people's stories, like coming out stories upbringings life you know emotions like raw feelings in it's a lot deeper than just gays in a villa pottering around and then also yeah follow my social media ross underscore best on instagram thank you (laughs) for updates and everything yeah that's probably it really absolutely right we'll wrap up there thank you so much for joining me in the in the safe hours welcome welcome to the family (laughs) welcome to the family and i'll see you very soon see you soon babes Bye. bye bye babes